Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Well, hello and welcome to the show. You know, I've been I've been noodling the uh, uh, my spiritual journey, I guess you'd say. Uh, 25 years ago, I got cracked open, as I've shared many times on the show. And uh, I've I've gotten to the point where it's time to put out material, new material, supposedly, and it is. But for a long time, I just had my head down, kind of um, really... 100% focused on my own spiritual evolution or whatever you want to call it. And uh, as I come up for air, so to speak, metaphorically, <laughs> and I go to uh, create content from what I've learned, even in the last six months, um, wow, what a journey. It's like I... I I want to drop breadcrumbs along the way so I can have uh, a history, so to speak, of the journey. It's uh, When I look at where I am now in my consciousness, in my spiritual evolution, whatever, um, wow, wow, I think I'm such a such a different person in in a really really good way i feel like an ocean of peace within my persona a very um thick and solid and grounded peace um i'm excited for my life i i've learned to respect and teach my ego how to receive and understand the inspiration of my soul. And I, I think our soul is um, like a multidimensional, vast, vast personification. And our ego is this uh, little cocoon mind of this little bubble of 3D reality. (laughs) To get those two to play well together, I mean, to really walk in step with each other, to really um, respect each other. And uh, I, I think that's a big part of your future opening up. If you stay in your ego mind... And you and you ignore more or less the inspiration of your heart and your soul. That's when you kind of flatline, and you can flatline and uh, still call yourself spiritual or whatever. Um, it's a curious thing. I'm excited for our show tonight. The topic is well-being, and our guest tonight is Jill Henry. We're going to bring Jill on in just a minute. Well-being, being well. So what about you? 
What about you, the listener? Think to yourself the answers to this question, these questions. How's your spiritual journey going now? What's the toughest challenges or lessons in front of you now? How would you like your moment-to-moment experience of consciousness to change or to be? Maybe you're there. Maybe you're not there. It's, uh, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm feeling really fond of, of this show, this radio show. It's, We've had, like, I think we're coming up on 500 episodes, or we might have passed that. And uh, I don't know. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, I would recommend it. Because you change as a host. You can't interview 500 people with 500 points of view without that affecting you. And God knows the world is hungry for spiritual Kool-Aid, so to speak. Our show tonight is pre-recorded, and uh, I really enjoyed the interview with Jill. And I think perhaps we should get right to it. Jill Henry out of North Carolina is an explorer, facilitator, and advancer of understanding in the metaphysical and alternative healing fields. She conducts seminars, workshops, and lectures on energy healing, self-development, and self-improvement, focusing on translating the new paradigm of energy medicine into comprehensible and practical terms for the public and healthcare professionals. You can learn more about Jill at mountainvalleycenter.com. And let's go to the interview now. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you. Well-being. Move into energy balance through meditation, the chakras, and the five elements and feng shui. What what prompted you to write this book? Originally, the book um, was first published with the title Energy Source Book. And Energy Source Book came about because I started a a website in 1998, and I I put a button to sign up for the newsletter. And people started signing up, and I didn't have a newsletter. So... I started writing an article a month for a year. In the first year, I wrote meditation articles. The second, I wrote chakra. The third, I wrote um, energy, polarity, balancing. And the fourth, I wrote feng shui. And on the fifth year, I realized I thought I had a book. So I sent it off unsolicited to Llewellyn Publishers and on a whim, and they sent me back a contract. And that's how my first book got going. Well, nice. 
well-being came out of that book, uh, with not making a super long story, but in 2016, Llewellyn decided not to republish, reprint Energy Source book, and that was fine with me. I was caregiving my my husband and my father, working as a physical therapist and running a metaphysical store, so I didn't really have time. My When my husband passed in 2020, I became keeper of the records, of which he always was, and I couldn't find my copyright from Llewellyn. I wrote them back and asked for the copyright, and they sent it, and then a little voice in my head said, go ahead, try it. And so I wrote back and said, you wouldn't be interested in looking in this for reprint, would you? And I got a contract back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nice. It's nice when things work out that way. So I'd like to start off with talking about what things are. I mean, you know, it's like, Nobody can take a picture of gravity. In other words, you can't take a picture and then take a magic marker and circle the gravity in the picture. You can't You can't sense it. Um, you can't see it, but you can sense it. I mean, gravity's quite evident. And then there's electricity, and that was kind of elusive. Um, and that leads me to the idea of the chakras. The chakras are energy centers in our persona, but um, if people are new to the spiritual realm, if you would, how would you describe the function of any one chakra? How do how do chakras work? They they provide the feed, the energetic feed to the body. Now the premise of this is, and physics is starting to back it up, in fact getting excited about it, is that our bodies are basically vibrating energy. When you get past the cell and into the atom and past the atom, there is infinite space in there and everything's in vibration. And these vibrations then, when when the cells are happy, when the vibrations are harmonious, the cells are happy, happy cells make happy organs. And, and happy organs, when the body feels good, we tend to mentally feel good, and we have happy lives. And then we go and we start thinking about things, and we think about, oh my goodness, what will happen now, and what is this, and what is that, and so we, we get happy, unhappy thoughts. And then we we have an accident or we trip and we break a a bone and we get even unhappier thoughts. And those also vibrate throughout the body, those those kind of thoughts, and actually impede in healing. Chakra energy is, is is a way of looking at the body rather than as being solid, separate parts that everything is... Everything in the body is connected to everything else in harmony, and the mind is connected in harmony with the body. And I'm being abstract here. I'll go get more concrete. I did a, some research into the development of the chakras. 
and I'll be quick in this, but the the first chakra developed was the root chakra at the base of the spine. And that was the energy necessary for caveman to survive. That root chakra was was the physical well-being, all about, you know, is a dragon, is a tiger going to eat me or am I going to eat, am I going to kill the tiger? After that chakra developed, the next next to develop was the solar, the pelvic chakra. And the pelvic chakra is right above it, and it's the chakra of community. So civilization went from hunter-gatherer in the community, into towns, into raising food. Third chakra developed when, in this community, somebody decided they had more power and they would organize the community. And that organization became the kings and feudal lords. Going further, the above that is the heart chakra. In the 60s, the the love-ins in the 60s where they showed the opening of the heart chakra. <laughs> right. In, in the in the 80s now, in, in, in past, the Internet is showing the opening of the throat, which has to do with communication. Brow and crown chakras that are up in the top of the head are beginning to open. They're always, they've always been there. We've always, when we incarnate, we always, chakras are what feeds us, what, what molds the body. So they're nothing new. It's the opening and the opening on a mass level that um, that that society functions under. I like that. So I know some um, practitioners have a, a an ability to sense the chakras uh, firsthand, so to speak. And a lot of people, like myself, I don't, I don't have that psychic sight to to look at my chakras and see if they're X, Y, or Z. And, um, but you you lined you described the seven chakras um, very well. So if I if I look at my life and I've got seven categories for the first seven. Chakras, basic needs, relationship, personal power, love and healing, expression, inner wisdom, and oneness. Say I'm struggling with relationships, the pelvic second chakra. How, um, when we're born or perhaps uh, the level of our soul's progression when we're born, how is it that... uh, a chakra gets shut down. I mean, like relationships, I could be born into a toxic home with uh, domestic violence and and all, all nature of uglies. Is my soul um, looking at that dynamic as an opportunity to to open the pelvic chakra, or is are are all the chakras closed no matter what dynamic we're born into and it's it's the evolution of our consciousness within one lifetime that we work through them all and open them up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well that takes care of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll expand, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe in what you were just talking about. I, I do think we, we as a soul choose to come into a certain body with certain energies in certain places and, and to move through them. I also believe that that energy is part of our, our individual evolution. I wanted, I'm going to take off in a little slight different slant here. We have time. Take off. When, when you talked about not being able to feel the chakras or not being able to sense the chakras, my basic thing I have said for 20, 30 years to everyone, and I know you know this, Liz, but is meditation. And the type of meditation to begin with is breathing, following your breath in and out, and observing where your mind takes you. Observing where your mind takes you. In dealing with the chakras, we can tell what chakras need a little boost in two ways during meditation. First way is if sitting for five minutes, three and a half of those minutes, I'm thinking about problems with people. That would give me a clue that there's some disturbance in my my pelvic chakra relationships. Nice. If in five minutes of sitting, I get these terrible stomach pains <laughs> that seem to come out of the blue... That's my my solar plexus chakra reminding me that maybe that's too strong. Maybe that energy isn't harmonized, let's say, with the love chakra, with the next one. It's a balancing, it's a balancing and harmonization of energy of mind-body energy that we're looking at, whether we're looking at chakras or the polarity section in my book or meditation if we reframe the body as a communication device and look at the body and its problems as what is it trying to communicate to me what is it saying that I need to pay attention to and I and this is different than paying attention to when going to get fixed you got to go I've not always always go if you need to, when you need to do a physician. But along with that, it's what am I not paying attention to? Because depending on the part of the body that has having a problem, that that indeed may be a, a energy, emotional problem that can be released through forgiveness, through love, through some body work. Because energy is fluid, the we tend to look at the bodies and our lives as stuck, as solid. Energy is always moving, always moving. And in, for, in terms of what we're looking at in our lives, everything that we don't like is stuck energy. Nice. It's just energy that's been stuck there. It, it could have been stuck, if, if you go with past life regressions, it could have been stuck ages ago. It could have been 
you know, lifetimes ago. It could have been stuck when we were growing up. It, it could have been stuck because we really didn't like this something or, or other. Nice. Sticking always involves love. Well, I like how you brought meditation into um, an, a, a tool, so to speak, that we can use to work with our chakras. And I just, I just want to have one more point about chakras before we move on to some other topics. So let's just keep everything within one lifetime, just for the the fun okay. of it all. And so, so a. Uh, only child is born into a spoiled household and they turn into a little brat and everybody kisses their butt and and they feel like they're the gift of the gods and and all they have is their own sense of self and they're narcissistic and conceited and spoiled and just a brat and and then in they move out of the house and the cosmic 2 by 4 clubs them upside of the head <laughs> and uh, uh, to go back to the second chakra here we have a, a mental construct that was really seated in the ego from day one and so so here's this mental construct this mental sense of self that is totally hostile to any relationship with with anyone else, so to speak, in this metaphorical um, mm -hmm. scenario. And you talk about meditation as being the, the vehicle, uh, one of the vehicles to, to um, open up and, and balance and heal, so to speak, our chakras. In, in the meditation technique, we'll see the um, common elements within our persona as you've shared, but how do we, how do we reprogram? I mean, um, the, there's the idea that you can dismantle dysfunctional uh, cons mental constructs and beliefs, but um, does that bring us to balance or does that, just bring us to equilibrium. I mean, do we do we want to reconstitute uh, mental beliefs that are conducive and nurturing to the idea of relationships? Great question. Great question. We're in this period of time is a period of paradigm shifts, and a paradigm is your fundamental way of of looking at the world. And some people have glasses, they look at the world and they're looking through blue lenses and some are looking through yellow lenses. It's a fundamental way your perception looks at everything in the world. Up until this century, up until Einstein, the paradigm that was used most in the last 300 years before that was a notion that the, tr the truth was, the scientific truth was, we are physical beings. The body is like a clock. The mind is separate from the body. There is a in, there's a finite amount of resources, and we better get our share. And that 
is a paradigm of the those those lower chakras. And it it certainly was true. It appeared true. It appears true. It appeared true for the caveman. I better go eat get my tiger before the guy gets my tiger. Right. The shift that has occurred is in in science since Einstein is in quantum physics and and in quantum physics there's a new realization that everything is energy and the observer can shift matter to wave wave to matter the biased observation matter changes into energy energy changes into matter that realization scientifically corresponds with ancient teachings of we're one, we're together. There is an abundance in the world. There, There is a life we all share. It is one person recently related to, to me that they thought of it, if you look at a body, that we are cells in a body. The body is a part of it. We're a part of a body, but we're not the whole body. Right. Every little cell in our body has to do its own thing, but if it's in harmony with everything else, then it can it can function well. Nice. Once somebody shifts that perspective to it's all energy, you free up a tremendous amount of it, it frees up energy. Rather than saying that person's a nasty person, I'll never talk to them again. You, it frees it, you up to think. Well, wait a minute, that's got some energy going on. Maybe, maybe we can work with that energy. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, our society, when you look at it, I think is battling right now between the the, the narcissist. I'll get mine, and you can't have yours. And the other side that says, if we want to, this earth to stay we we need to kind of get it together guys we need to we need to do a little work together on the whole thing when i work with patients i do um distant work there's usually one fundamental belief they have that they actually no longer believe that motivates their their character their behavior and when that fundamental belief is changed then Everything changes. There was in the 60s a book called The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. Do you remember that book? Like good old Thaddeus Golis? Oh, I thought you were going to say Timothy Leary or Robert <laughs> Anton Wilson. But um, no, I don't remember that book. Little Thaddeus wrote a little 30-page book and said, if you don't like where you are, go higher. If you don't like reacting to somebody, go higher. If you don't like their behavior, go higher. Just keep going higher vibrationally into a space in which love occurs and that, that love is the, the true healer of everything. You you mentioned uh, um, feeling a reaction um, where... I don't like that. And there, you talked about the emotional component of the trigger. 
I, I know I can be of service to so many people by just pushing their buttons over and over and over again. And and I will be the great evil. I will be the Satan personified if I just sit there and push their buttons over and over and over again. But I like what you said. If there is an element of energy that is responsive to a trigger event outside of your persona, the trigger event in and of itself did not put the energy there. The energy was there to begin with. And if if we're going to go into the, the idea of polarity therapy and balance energy, if there's energy in my psyche that can be flared up or triggered, that's an incongruent energy as it relates to my personal energy persona being in a true harmony with itself. Would that make sense? Perfect sense. Perfect sense. So should we have a, a reality TV show where people get all their buttons pushed over and over and over again and we see if they explode or um, curl up in a ball? I mean, how do how do we change our, our relationship with our triggers? Through meditation. I'm going to go back to meditation again. Meditation gives us choice. It takes us away from stimulus response. It gives a, gives enough enough milliseconds to say I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. It doesn't happen 100% of the time and my buttons get pushed. However, I'm aware of when they're pushed. I'm aware of how I feel when they're pushed. I am aware of that was I didn't give myself a choice. And next time on this particular button pusher, I'm not going to respond. There are two two things I wish we if we were on on Zoom I would show you. But if you put your hand up against somebody else's hand and you start out pushing your palm into their palm, and you start relaxing, and they keep pushing, there's there's no resistance. So if somebody pushes your button and you don't respond, you've eliminated the resistance, and they'll stop. Right. Does that yeah. a little? Well, yeah. Well, I think it was a Buddha that said... Uh... Um, all dis-ease is a product of the mind. Mm-hmm. And it. I'm, the, the more I, I noodle the nature of nature, it seems like our, um, a lot of our struggles is not an emotional um, thing itself. I'm not saying we can't have dysfunctional emotional patterns, but the dysfunctional emotional patterns are not from the emotions themselves. They're from the mind's relationship with our emotions. So uh-huh. when when we get so let's talk about polarity therapy and balance energy. When I go to look at my 
persona as a, perhaps a collage of energy. Give us an overview of, um, I mean, imagine listeners who had, have never given this any thought. How How is it that the energy within my persona affects my body? And, and give us like an overview of that, if you would. Certainly. Polarity therapy came out of Indian Ayurvedic medicine. And in the 1920s and 30s, an osteopathic physician named Randolph Stone was studying some of the um, ancient medical texts from India. And he, he, some of your listeners may be doing some Ayurvedic work. It talks about the doshas. Vata, Pitta, and Kapha are different types of uh, body-mind body, systems. Polarity lets us reframe the, the body and mind. Instead of being separate, we're looking at that influence of the mind on the body and the body on the mind. For, and so in this reframing, we're reframing everything that's going on into five different categories. Either we have too much or too little water, fire, earth, air, or ether. Fire is the easiest one to take example of. Fire is corresponds with the chakra solar plexus, and a fiery person is, is that dominant person that always always telling you what to do, always really going on. Fire out of control is not healthy. Those people usually get have a, a an ulcer or a disease around that area because the emotions. It's it's a combination. It's one affects the other. So how do you come? How do you put out in a fire? Well, you don't want to put it out, but how do you break it down? You look at is it there's is there too much air element going on? And air can fan the fire, or or not enough water to calm the fire down. So polarity looks at all dis-ease in the body. When when I when I do a treatment with polarity. I ask my client to write down everything that's wrong with them medically. And I have them look at it. I said, we're never going to talk those words again. You can still keep, keep on doing your medical treatments. That's fine. But I'm not going to talk to you in those terms. I'm going to talk to you in let's free these energies. It's, again, that thought of if I believe that my liver is solid and will never change and the cells are dying, then that's kind of what I'm telling the cells to do. If I can look at my liver and say, wait a minute, this is a self-renewing. Everything in our body is self-renewing if the cells are healthy. And one of the ways cells are healthy is when we're happy. And I'm going to go just real quick into that. When we're stressed, we secrete a hormone, and it stimulates the sympathetic nervous system. That's a fight or flight. The majority of people today are stressed. They're in fight or flight. When we're in fight or flight, when the sympathetic nervous system is dominant, the immune system is limited in what it can do. And the immune system is what heals us. So when we can get out of stress by not reacting, by back into meditation, we can by the polarity of balancing these energy flows, 
when we get back in, into out of stress, the parasympathetic nervous system comes in, and that's when healing can occur. All physical problems are due to the death of the cellular membrane. It's what, what they've discovered. And the cellular membranes die under stress. The immune system is what repairs them. The immune system is what keeps them healthy. But the goal is to stimulate the immune system to get the parasympathetic nervous system coming on by literally allowing energy to move through the body where it's stuck. It's back to that the stuck places. Well, I like that. The uh, uh, I remember a, a hypnotherapist had a a person who was hypnotized, and and he took just like a a pen off his desk and told the the client that it was actually a very very hot piece of metal, and when he touched the pen to the the client's skin, even though the pen was not hot, the skin blistered rather quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that says that the body is, um, it, it reacts much faster than we give it credit for, so to speak. It's almost like We've accepted collectively that disease is a long period of time and, you know, sickness is long. And maybe that's because, not because of our body itself, it, it seems more like our body is like a glove and it's the energy or metaphorically the hand, the energy in the glove that decides if the body is healthy or diseased. And and how long or how short that can be transmuted? There, there's yep. there's really no boundary to that. How do you how do you um, bring your? I know we've been talking about this, and you're talking about um, the balance of the five elements. Um, if if I'm having a, a long term disease and how can I change my thinking as far as the response time? I mean, because if if I have these subconscious beliefs or whatever that it's going to be a, a long road, then I'm that's what I'm going to bring about. But how can, how can I kind of shatter my brain's um, rut, shatter my uh, cultural imprinting, so to speak, that this has to take a long time. I'm going to um, recommend another art, another book for you if you I don't remember the authors right now, if you haven't had them on to interview. There's a book called The Healing Code. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing, it's working with the amygdala in a... Um, Systematic way. It's similar to tapping. You're familiar with the... Um, right, EFT. It's similar to tapping. It's easier than tapping, I think. The amygdala are little little tiny cells in the base of the brain. They're the ones that when we have something traumatic happen to us, 
or see something traumatic, they're the ones that take that information in. The brain interprets it. It puts it back to the amygdala. The amygdala then send it to the cells. The cells then respond, and it keeps us in a heightened state. It's it's what does our triggers. That information can be changed at the cellular level, and I'm in my distant work. I'm using some of that, some of the healing codes more and more with that shift in, when you combine it with the shift in belief, then, then there's a, there can be some really profound healing. And what happens in that period is you can almost see the cells relax, almost see the cells sigh. Okay. So I don't have to be on guard all the time. It's, It's a matter of getting down to what is what is true. What is true? If indeed it is, now I'm going to hope I don't divert us too far. But if indeed it is true that everything is frequency and vibration, and it is true that there is an abundance for us, if we're in the right frequency and vibration then we can relax a little bit. If it's true that everything is separate and we're all separate from each other and and we got to grab for what we get, then we stay stressed out and the body responds to, to either state. The physics is now saying that we, there's an entanglement theory and a chaos theory and basically saying we are who we really are is is a frequency that has chosen to form a physical body to learn something. And when we're finished learning it, we go back into frequency again. There is a source. This is not saying that, that God doesn't exist, but that source, God, love, exists as a as an energy that is moving through us, not as go ahead, not as someone on a chair that is talking to us, but an energy that is moving through us. I, the imagery that I get is that if God were the sun, our physical sun, then I'm running around like a sunbeam. I'm a little sunbeam on the ground nice. when I'm in a physical body, and I'm I'm concentrated on the ground. But if I go back higher, the higher I go, the more I return to that source, uh, that source of Christ consciousness, that source of Buddha consciousness, that there are many levels. In the book, I talk about um, different rooms that we can go in as as our energy becomes less and less dense when we move back towards the source. It is dense. The energy is more dense in the physical matter. Um, because it's, that's what's kind of keeping us from falling through the floor. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, protons going on there, a lot of um, particles when we're physical. But who we really are is a non-physical energy, and energy can either be created or destroyed. I grew up Methodist, and I think it was a doxology. I'm not sure if that's what it was called or not, but there was something that we sang every every week, and it was, 
and I'm going to try to sing it for you, but the words were, as it was in the beginning, it's now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. I think that's truth. I think we are, as it, we are in the beginning, we are in a world that ever shall be. Amen. And we're, we're creating and playing here, some for the joy of playing, some for the the learning that about anger, or learning about fear, or learning about love, or learning about peace. Well, you know, I like the, the uh, another example of the mind influencing the body in short order is the idea of a placebo, you know. So I have a, a sugar pill and I sell it to the patient. Oh my God, I'm back from Timbuk three and and I found a tribe that that has this this medicine and every time the person is cured, I have one for you. Your ills are over. Here, take the sacred medicine from the tribe and and all your worries will be gone. And the placebo effect. Um, can can transmute the situation again here is our mind um, transforming or transmuting a physical condition in short order so the it it's really it seems like we build a, a mental momentum of sorts so much of in the last couple of years so much of the collective consciousness these long-held beliefs um, long-standing beliefs of what is quote true unquote is is being cracked open and and we find that what we thought we knew with with a sense of absolute right. belief is actually incongruent with a bigger truth so if my beliefs both conscious and subconscious create um, an energetic composition of my body and my body being indifferent to whatever energy i show it in other words the moment i get over my energy my body will follow suit how do i how do I dig into my subconscious and and root out belief systems that are so um, automatic, so that they're operating in my psyche without perhaps my conscious mind knowing? How do you, how do we root those out? You're gonna love my answer. You meditate. <laughs> nice. Yeah, let, me, let me let me explain. The reason, here, here's the physiology behind it. Remember, now, actually, I spent about 10 years as uh, associate professor of physical therapy on a, in a medical um, college. Here's the mechanism behind this whole thing. Stress destroys cells. Relaxation builds cells. If the mind, if not if. When we meditate, we relax the mental 
we relax the mind at all levels, at all levels, and it gives the immune system a chance to function because the immune system is is crucial. The immune system is what heals a, a cut on our arm. The immune system is what balances out the system. So that the more we can, um, do you want to give something concrete example? The, the immune, the, the car, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the way to do it. Okay, imagine that you were in a car wreck. Didn't, have, didn't get hurt, but got scared. Really, really scared. So you're in a heightened system. You're in that heightened stress response. And afterwards, if you've noticed, if you've been in a traumatic situation, all you want to do is sleep. Have you noticed that phenomena? Sure. That sleep is the immune system working to, to, to make things, to fix it. It is a personal responsibility to make a choice of whether we allow the world to upset us or not. To get to the point that you feel you can make a choice requires meditation, requires some guidance. There is. Are you familiar with, and for your listeners, an app called Insight Timer? No, I'm not. Insight Timer is the most beautiful thing in the whole world. It's an app that's been around for years and years, and it started out just as a timer for for a singing bowl timer for meditation. So if I wanted to meditate 20 minutes and I was afraid I would fall asleep, I would set it for 20 minutes and have a bowl ring every five minutes to wake me up. Right. To make sure I didn't sleep. What is it expand? It's a free app. What it's expanded into is thousands of guided meditations and music from all over the world. And when you listen to them, you have the option of at some point donating to the person that made this. But that's it. It's all free. My husband, uh, I'll tell the story and, and see if this will help. My husband and I were together 40 years, studied metaphysics for 40 years, had a half, had, still have a half done um, earth bag pavilion and store that his last year of life I spent with him and I didn't pay attention to the store. The grounds were got 15 acres here in the Smoky Mountains. After he passed, I spent the a good six months in, in pretty deep grief and wondering how I could finish anything and pretty emotional and finally went back to Insight Timer. And there's, there was a couple of them on there that just talked about raising your vibrational level raising your frequency back to what I talked about with the lazy man's guide to enlightenment. If you don't like where you are, go higher, raise your frequency. And I listened to those, those, and I listened and I listened and I listened and I listened more. And out of that is why the book was published. I'm absolutely convinced of that because I got myself out of that deep, deep grief that immobilizes so many, so many people for the rest of their lives. Right. Um, 
I keep going back to that the meditation of having it doesn't matter what path you use what type of meditation it's the consistency with which you do it right did I answer you at all or did I yeah. just go around no. in a circle no no <laughs> no you're fine well now there's there's time for one more uh point and Matt, uh, that is feng shui so if if I'm new to that as a listener how is feng shui a tool that I can use to open up my understanding of myself? Feng shui is a the Chinese art of placement of objects to to invite energy in, and there's a whole discipline on feng shui, and there's a whole. Um, there are many lineages for feng shui, and, and if one person says you got to do this, and another says you've got to do that. In the book, I pretty much said, here's what you want to do based on you, not based on somebody that, um, we're not, I don't follow lineage on feng shui. For example, well, the basis of feng shui is everything needs to be in harmony with each other. There's five elements, wood, fire, earth, water, and air. And those those need to be in harmony with each other, similar to the polarity parts of it, so that it, to lead a balanced life. So you don't put a table fountain next to a burning fire because those two would be out of balance. That's one whole aspect. But what I have in the book is what what you do is you take these elements and you look at different parts of your house. And so there's a there's a direction in the in one of your houses for health and healing. Um, you look at that direction in your house that's east or in a room, and you see what's in there. So maybe east is wonderfully simple and looks really inviting to healing or maybe east is your um, trash can you then would take the trash cans out and put something in that reminded you of healing it's it's more a practice it in the book we have over 50 practices they were called exercises in the first book but these are practices if you do them and I like the word, we like the word, we decide on the word practice because it means you, you go ahead and do it. You just don't look at the exercise. You just, you just, let's practice this. So in the, in the book is, without trying to explain it anymore now, is the, is a way to look at each portion of a room or each portion of your house. And I have questions there that you can, that you can answer. And then suggestions of what you would do if the energy doesn't is stagnant there, because again we are talking about the same thing. All this, all our problems are due to stagnant energy, are due to energy um, blocks, to stuck energy, stagnant energy. Right. And energy is so fixable. So fixable. Well, now, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to focus the attention on your book and 
on you. So tell the audience how they can get your book and if there's any uh, modalities or services that you have to offer, let the audience know how they can connect with you. Do, do you do it locally? Do you do it remotely? Give us the whole spiel about you. Okay. Uh, the book, it is on Amazon, and it is on Amazon in um, Kindle also. I actually have my book in Kindle. I had to buy it. I bought my book for Kindle <laughs> because I like books in Kindle. It's on it's on Amazon. It my website that I I run still since 1998 is all one word mountain valley center dot com. On the website under services under the, we have a labyrinth park, but under under labyrinth park services describes what I do at a distance, and that's what I'm moving into is distance work. I was able to take some advanced work a couple years ago and we now have a, a study we have a group that meets every twice a month to continue to develop our skills. It is easier to change things on the etheric level, which is what the, the distant work does, than in the physical level. It's like the difference between changing a building or changing the architect drawing of a building. In a distance session, um, I can do anywhere. I mean, you, you sign up for it, and then we talk about times. Uh, it is done by phone, but it can be also done by Zoom if, if someone's out of the country or doesn't have a, a, a phone. I don't really see you when I'm doing distant healing. I work with your energy body. What I call these is... EBIs, energy body integrations. Well, very nice. Um, Jill, I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed being here very much. I hope I didn't confuse too much. <laughs> no worries. We've been talking with Jill Henry about her latest book, Well Being. Move into energy balance through meditation, the chakras, the five elements, and feng shui. What a nice episode. I want to thank Jill again for being our guest on the show. It's, uh, it's always a privilege to have a, a experienced guest like Jill. She's She's got quite a bit of experience and it shows. I want to thank you, the listener, for showing up for yourself and uh, and to grow yourself. Every time you spend intention, effort, attention on improving you, on evolving you, that ripples into your future for the rest of your life. How cool is that? We're pretty much out of time. I want to thank you. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living broadcast. If you're looking for spiritual resources, there's literally hundreds of podcasts just like this one, free online. You can find them at newhumanliving.com. If you sign up for the newsletter, 
I write a weekly blog that helps you contemplate the nature of nature, contemplate the nature of your own human genome, contemplate your own human potential. How powerful is that? I can say it's powerful because you are powerful. I want to thank you for joining us in tonight's broadcast. I appreciate you, the listener. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.